Blog Talk Radio. God bless you. Welcome to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. We thank you so much for listening to us Monday through Fridays here on this radio station. We would like to encourage you to listen to us 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Monday through Fridays by calling 319-527-6036. Again, that's 319-527-6036. You can also hear us on Sundays from 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock. Again, that's 8.30 a.m. to 10 o'clock, right here on the same radio station, Eastern Standard Time, here in the United States. I want to encourage you this evening to sit back and relax. I was um, listening to my radio at Morgan State University yesterday here in the United States, and they uh, recommended that all of the listeners go to Carter Memorial Church here in Baltimore, Maryland, for the 83rd anniversary service. The church has been in existence for 83 years. So I wanted to go there to just celebrate uh, with the body of Christ and to listen to the guest speaker, who is a phenomenal speaker, and I wanted to uh, let you listen to some of that sermon. It was so beautiful. So as we sit back and relax, I probably will play part one or part two tomorrow, or we might can get through the whole thing today. Again, this is Carter Memorial Church with the guest speaker for 83 years of service to the Lord. God bless you. You listen to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. Amen. Bishop Younger, we're glad you're here. Now preach unto us the preached word of God. I want you to clap your hands and praise God for the manservant and for the word. There is no God like our God. I said there is no God like our God. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Come on, what a mighty God we serve. Heaven is his throne, and earth is his footstool. Some trust in horses, and there's some that trust in chariots. But we, the people of God, we put our trust in the name of the Lord. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in, and they find a safe place. Oh, the men with praise Come on, saints. We clap for bishops, first ladies. We stand for presidents and prime ministers. But I want you to give the best praise to God. Come on. Give him the best praise. Come on. He's been keeping you all year long. Give him the best praise. Hallelujah. Don't just clap your hands, but with the fruit of your lips. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name. Let us exalt. 
exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Why are you standing on your feet? Will you help me thank God for this wonderful leader? God has given us a bishop. Bishop Pierce, we love you. Okay, come on, come on, come on. We're so thankful for you. And we're so thankful that the general secretary is here today. And we thank God for Bishop Lyles. Thank God for you in Jesus' name. You all be seated if you, if you would. I want you to know, choir, you all did an amazing job today. You all did an amazing job. I wanted to jump up with you. I had to reserve uh, my energy. I've been doing a lot of running lately. And uh, people said age is nothing but a number. But somebody lied to me. My knees tell a different story. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so we're just so thankful for the wonderful music ministry. Uh, the Lord has blessed me. I uh, pastor one of the greatest churches in the D and the area. Uh, this last... <laughs> uh, I see Ramp DMV here, and people ask me, uh, even just in the last couple of years, I was pastoring three churches at one time, and ask me, how do I do it? I do it because God is giving me good leadership. God will never give you an assignment that you can accomplish by yourself. Amen. So I want to thank God for our executive, uh, our assistant pastor, Elder Sam. Stand up, Elder Sam. Stand up. Let him see you. Amen. And as we prepare for Holy Convocation, the Lord graced me to start a church in Sao Paulo, Brazil, just almost two years ago. And as we prepare for Holy Convocation, some of them came in early to come with their bishop to church tonight. So I thank God for members of the Ramp St. Paulo here tonight. Let's thank God for them. Amen. Amen. We love you in, in Jesus' name. And uh, we're so glad that right where we stand, we're saved tonight. We are sanctified. And we're filled with the Holy Ghost. And to all of you great preachers, hey, Bishop, and all of you wonderful pastors and superintendents and supervisors. Any supervisors here? Okay. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's thank God for the supervisor. Amen. <laughs> what key is that? E, e flat. C sharp. My voice is kind of gone. But my anointing is intact. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sing one of my CCM songs. you to sing no lie if you're glad you're saved in this evil day.
I'm so glad. Now, when I was growing up, we would always say, I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost, and we do have the Holy Ghost. But I want you to clap your hands if you know the Holy Ghost got you tonight. He's been keeping me. I said, he's been keeping me. He's been keeping me. I'm glad I got the Holy Ghost. Well, we're going to get ready. I want to give you what I hear the Lord saying tonight. I want you to go to your Bibles as quickly as you can, whether it's in your Bible or your smart device. Exodus chapter 28, verse 31 to verse 35. Y'all going to help me preach tonight? Glory be to God. I do feel a boom in the room tonight. Somebody needs something from God tonight. Exodus chapter 28, verse 31 through verse 35. When you have it, I want you to say, I have the bread. I have the bread. And thou shalt make the robe of the ephod all of blue. And there shall be a hole in the top of it and in the midst thereof. It shall have a binding of woven work round about the whole of it as it were with the whole of the Habergian, that it be not rent. And beneath, upon the hem of it, thou shalt make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet, thank you so much, round about them thereof, and bales of gold between them round about, a golden bale and a pomegranate, a golden bale and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his son shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before the Lord. And when he cometh out, that he die not. I'm going to read verse 35 again. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, for him to serve. And his sound shall be heard. And all of God's people said amen. amen. Before you sit down, I want you to scream this at your neighbor. You can sit down. Tell them, don't lose the sound. You'll be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't. Don't, Carter, I come to celebrate your anniversary, but I want to tell you, don't lose the sound. There's a sound to holiness. There's a sound to Pentecost. Scream at somebody on your own, tell them, don't lose it, don't lose it. Don't lose the sound. I started a dialogue this morning with the Ramp Church International this morning uh, talking about worship. Uh, in our present-day church culture, we have made worship a genre, and we made worship a style. I'm going to be honest with you. Recently, I've had to engage in the gospel music industry. Something that I never desired and something I never anticipated. There's some people you rather know at a distance. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 
my challenge with with the gospel music industry is that I was disappointed when I found out that gospel music industry and gospel ministry is not always synonymous. There are some people who do this, but they no longer believe in this. Glory be to God. As we celebrate uh, these individuals this week and doing church anniversary, their faithfulness and commitment, we understand that they should be celebrated because we're living in an hour now that people can't serve in church without giving the church an invoice. It used to be a time where people volunteered, but people don't volunteer anymore. ministry is not always the same thing because it's possible to operate within the nuances of church culture you can be a preacher that preaches from a bible that no longer convicts you Mm. it's got to be more for you than a check come on somebody I need you to look at somebody if you mean it, tell them, I still believe in this. No, no, when I say I believe in this, because I know our new intellectual and academic generation that brought everything into question, but I believe in it, and I need all of it. I need the anointed oil. I need the tarry service. I need to run around the church. I need to fall out on the floor. I need Bible study. I still need Sunday school. Tell somebody, I need all of this, because before you get so bougie to act like you don't need it, it was church that raised you. I know, I know you went to college and a university, but there's some skills that you got from church that people you went to school with never had. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, the church raised me. It was the church. It was church mothers that corrected me. Come on. It was my pastor that when my mother's voice wasn't strong enough, Bishop could say something. You call it cult when it was really culture that that God used to save our lives. Yeah, yeah. So what is what is worship? What is worship? Because some of you in our shift of transition in church culture, many among Pentecost have now folded their arms and crossed their legs and they say, I'm not a praiser, I'm a worshiper. I don't need, see y'all too churchy, y'all like to dance. I don't do all that dancing, I'm a worshiper. But I want to lift to you that praise is not a fast song and worship a slow song. Our ancestors were worshiping before Hillsong ever cut a project. Y'all not said that. I thank God for Bethel. Come on. I thank God for all of these other groups. But I need you to tell your neighbor, my grandparents were worshiping. How do I know they were worshiping? Because worship is not a style. Worship is a posture. I said, it's a posture. Because if you sing the words, but your heart is not postured with the lyrics. 
you are not worshiping. And that's why at some point, worship leaders, stop keep telling everybody what to say when it's time for worship. Because just because you repeat what I said don't mean your heart was attached to it. At some point, my job as a worship leader is not to make you worship. You can't force somebody to worship. You, you, I, you tell me to clap my hands, but if I'm not clapping in my spirit, there's no praise going to God. My worship is because it costs me something. praying for me. I feel my strength coming. Abraham says to his servants, stay here because we got a worship set. No, that's not what they, that's not what he said. He says, stay here because we're going, me and my son are going up there to worship. It already tells me that in order to truly worship God, an ascension must take place. You can't run straight off the street and take me somewhere you ain't been all week. Come on. You got to ascend. We keep, ta- we keep talking about God sending down, sending down. But let me tell you, in this hour, he's not sending something down. It's time for you to come up to it. Hey, it's time for you to, I need somebody to come and talk to me here. It got, Zion is calling for us to ascend. I need you to look at the people on your tell them, ascend, ascend. It's time for us to go higher. Hallelujah. God is requiring another place out of us. We keep shouting, I'm going to another level, but another level is coming up out of you. But you got to ascend. There are some things you will never see and experience in God. Until you ascend. Let me just give you a reference for that and I'll move really quickly. Peter, James, and John. Come here. We're going to the mount. They go up on the mount, what we call the mount of transfiguration. Why they're there. The Bible says, uh, while Peter, James, and John is there on the mountain, Elijah and Moses shows up. And they said, oh my goodness, Moses and Elijah. Oh my goodness, Moses and Elijah. The question is, how did they know it was oh, how did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Peter, James, and John, hallelujah, they are born at a time where Moses has been dead for generations and Elijah had been taken up in a chariot. So how did they know? There was no Facebook. Come on. There was no internet. How there were no pictures of Moses and Elijah. How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Because there are certain revelations that are released to you once you ascend. Some things don't have to be explained when you ascend. See, some people see us turning around in the spirit and quickening it. And look, what is that about? You can't, uh, this can't be explained. It's got to be revealed. And it's only revealed at higher altitudes. Stop coming down trying to explain spiritual things to carnal people. Stop bringing carnal people to board meetings making spiritual decisions. Stop looking at your carnal friends for a spiritual reference. Abraham says, y'all be seated please. Stay here. My son and I are going to worship. All of us in here that knows the instructions of Abraham, we know this means Abraham is going to lay down his son 
and he calls laying down his son worship. And most of the time when we talk about laying something down before God, we talk about sin. Something that's toxic. Something that's corrupt. Something that's dysfunctional. Oh, I had to give it to God. But real worship is not when you lay down something that's bad. What happens when God inconveniences you to lay down something that he gave you? He gave you the child, and then you have to give the child back to God. Y'all not, hallelujah. He, he gave you the child. Now he's requiring you to lay down the child for a purpose that's greater. You haven't worshipped God until you've been confused by God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I said something totally off. At least 20 of you all know what I'm talking about. The rest of you just eavesdrop. Have you ever prayed for something and the thing that came to you was not what you prayed for? You haven't worshipped God until you worshipped Him in the midst of your questions. I need you to tell your neighbor, I don't understand God, but I worship Him. Okay, I'm going to give you all a moment. I need everybody in this room to praise God for the last thing He took. No, I need a sober. I'm talking about, I need a worship and a sound out of the people who've got to stand beside caskets. I need the sound out of people who lost a job. I need a sound out of somebody that after being faithful, it didn't work out the way you anticipated. Abraham calls it worship. See, we romanticize. Y'all be seated really quickly, and next time we get up, we'll go close the service. You, we romanticize the book of Job, but what you have to realize is that Job did not have the book of Job to read. To the point, there's a conversation that God is having with Satan concerning Job's life. Now that's very problematic for me. Because the Bible says that when the sons of God, which are, which are angels, went before God, Satan also went with them. I have a challenge with that. Because I'm always rebuking the devil. I'm always casting him out. And God has given him a space. Now, my issue is, I know y'all just read across the Bible and don't pay no attention, but my issue is, why is the God I serve and the devil that's trying to kill me having conversations? He's not rebuking Satan, he's just asking Satan, where have you been? And in the presence of God, even a liar got to tell the truth.
Put your finger on somebody's shoulder and tell them, God must be bragging on you. When all hell breaks loose in your life All in one weekend You say what in the world is going on I could handle it if it was one thing But before I can recover from one thing Something else happened to you Push somebody tell them God is bragging on you And listen what Job says Once everything is taken from him He says first of all when he finds out that all of his children die in one day. This is a multiple casket funeral. He shaves his head. He rips his garment. In other words, he grieves. That's his humanity. And I think uh, the church, along with our worship, we need to have some group sessions. No, really. No, last, last week, instead of Bible study, we had a group grief counseling session at our church because what we realize we do praise well and we rejoice with those who rejoice well but we don't do good mourning with those who mourn we need you to get over it as quickly as you can go back to serving so we'll feel better y'all not sending to me and just because you got past it don't mean you got over it and some of the stuff we're dealing with in church is unprocessed grief. I said some of the toxic things we're dealing with in church is because we haven't taken time to process our loss. Yes, they left the church, and we're glad they left. But you're not being honest by the fact is that you opened up your heart to people who trampled it again. The betrayal did not feel good. And now you're making new people pay for what old people did. And now when new people join the church, you clap your hands and say, welcome them to the church. But the real question in your mind is two questions. Who sent you and how long will you stay? Because we haven't processed grief well. Job shaves his head and he rips his garment. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you have permission to be human. Anytime we talk about the anatomy of Yeshua, the anatomy of Jesus, we put strong emphasis, especially us of, the, uh, of this apostolia, of this oneness movement, we put strong emphasis on the deity of Jesus, that he's fully God. But oftentimes, we don't acknowledge enough the fact that he's also fully man. That we don't serve a high priest that have, come on, y'all talk to me, that haven't been touched by the feelings of our infirmity. Maybe we're not shouting over the right stuff. Maybe every once in a while we need to praise God because after all the stuff I was going through, he didn't always rescue me out of it, but he sat with me in it. I'm talking to y'all that you felt your mind slipping and you were slipping back into depression and you were still serving. But while you were having your mini nervous breakdown in the front seat of your car, he sat with me in it. He didn't judge me by it. He didn't say, you should trust me. He said, I'll sit with you until you catch your breath. I'll sit with you until you believe me again. He sat with me in some stuff. 
while my mind was going back and forth over what I believe, after I prayed and after I served and he still let my family member die, I sat in my grief. And he gave me space to be human. But what did he do? What did Job do after he shaved his head? What did Job do after he ripped his garment? After he expressed his humanity, Mother Martha, he said, the Lord giveth. See, that's when worship come in. See, all this fake stuff, and you acting like don't nothing bother you, that ain't real worship. Real worship is, I don't get you right now. The Lord giveth. The Lord take away, but I'm still going to bless you. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm still going to bless you. My foot almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, but I'm still going to bless you. Though you, I need a church here, though you what? Though you slay me, though you're killing me, God, yet will I trust you. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I've had to trust a silent God. rejoice as long as he's talking. But if you ever walk with God more than 16 months, I know what it is for God to lure you in with the promise and drop you off into a process. I know what it is for him to pull you in to an assignment and it seems like he goes ghost on you. And I've come to tell somebody in this room, if you ain't heard God say nothing lately, I need you to run over to somebody and tell him, hold on to the last thing he said. I need you to get out of your seat, tell somebody, hold on to the last thing he said. Because if he hasn't said nothing different, that means he hasn't changed his mind. I need a hundred people to open up your mouth because you're holding on to what he said. Hold on. I'm holding out. So it's not worship. Y'all be seated, please. I'm looking at my time. Kevin, it's not worship until it costs you something. Until it's sober. Mm. Until you've been disappointed by him. Because mm. one thing about God, he loves you. He cares for us. But God is more consumed with his glory than he is your comfort. Oh, I know that ain't, that ain't a good preacher right there. But he'll let you go through an ugly season. Uh, and then turn around and give you beauty for ashes. He'll give you strength for fear. He'll give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I want to stop right here, and I need to get back to my text. But I come to tell somebody that have gone through a heavy season, God told me to tell you, you're on the other side of it. You may not even know it. You may not even feel it. But God told me to tell you, you're on the other side of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I come to tell somebody, by the time you wake up in the morning, the heaviness will not be there. I come to speak to somebody who's been dealing with anxiety and fear, and your heart has been beating faster than you wanted to. God told me to tell you by the time you get up in the morning, I'm going to rest.
this room that over the last 90 days, you've had to deal with some stuff privately without communicating with a whole lot of people. I want you to take 30 seconds and get your therapy. Open up your mouth and shout right Your 
needed to, to serve notice on the shadow that's been following you. Somebody been feeling a shadow. Somebody been feeling a shadow. Somebody in this room, you've experienced death in your family. But I need you to tell somebody you don't have to die where they die. God said more, 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 more. Don't be seated as quickly as you can. It's so good.
that in our ecumenical fellowship, there are people who have learned the culture of Pentecost. They shout like us. They dance like us. They hoop like us. But the closer you get to them, they're lacking some sort of conviction and standard. Them and their pastors will go to the club and still hoop. They don't even hide it. You know why they don't hide it? Because some of them got the experience of Pentecost without the foundation of holiness. And God has always been intentional about how he wants to be worshipped. I'm so thankful for this liberty that we have. I mean, we have great liberty. If you say the church is too strict now, you have no idea. How 
in the world, you're going to leave choir rehearsal and then make a subliminal message about your minister music. There's no meeting necessary. Text them and tell them you are dismissed. And you definitely not going to get a check from us and then... Everything speaks. And not just what you post, but also what you like. Tell, tell the people in your city, tell them, everything speaks, everything. We are casual, Wade, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that we can put on our jeans and our t-shirts and come to church, because it's really not about that. It's really not about that. But we're seeing something that's happening. But casual church is beginning to produce casualties. Oh, y'all just, y'all just shut down on me now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Disculpa, Blasileros. I'll be coming back to Brazil soon because these people are about to fight me in here. Hear what I'm saying to you. It really has produced casualties. Until now, we prepare to come to church with the garments on that accentuates us and not God. How much snatching do you need? And I'm not just talking to the women. I'm talking about some men. Come on. How much much we got to turn away so we're not distracted? on your chest and now you're making sure that your outfit is cut low enough so we can read it. Do you walk in your freedom? But what about your assignment? Oh, what about your assignment? Well, this is my body. Really? The Bible says you've been bought with the price and I beseech you therefore, brother. If y'all help me preach, I'll move on. By the mercy of God, to me and says, we would love to style you, and uh, you, don't, you don't even have to pay for the clothes. We will give you the clothes. All we ask you to do is give us credit on social media. We love your ministry. <laughs> we would like to style you, and I said, I'm good. I'm good. One night after Ramp DMV service, Brother Sean Fendel walked up to me to God be the glory for you. 
and said, Bishop, uh, who's styling you? Because I can call the guy. You know the guy. I said, I'm good, Sean. He said, Bishop, what are you wearing? I said, I already got what I'm wearing, Sean. Sean says, please don't tell me you're wearing that robe. I said, I am wearing my robe. <laughs> so then, when I got to Vegas, my chief of staff, Brother Enoch, says, so Bishop, I see that you, do you need to go to the mall and pick up anything? I said, no, I'm good. You know how people have a, a way, your, 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 your leaders, they love you, and so they're trying to save you, you know. Then Brother Darnell from Chicago, from Chicago, Nashville, I know you're watching, from Monarch Entertainment, I went behind stage, he says, are you still changing into the room? Yes, I am. And I finally looked at them, I said, it's mighty funny that y'all keep telling, asking me, am I going to change? As I've been walking around here, people have to have their breast out. But then, you want me to become something else. All I'm trying to do is get y'all to see it here. There's a sound that God put in your belly. And you're so busy trying to be a cheap counterfeit of what you think people want instead of being who God needs. The Bible says God was so intentional about how he wanted to be worshipped. Scripture says, listen, I love going to Israel. I just got back from Israel. I'm taking another group in May. I'm going all the time. I go in December in my time of sabbatical just to pray and study with rabbis. But out of all of the places in Israel and around Jerusalem that really speak to me, yes, the garden tomb is amazing. The western wall, you can feel the presence of the Lord reverberating off of that wall. Really, you can. And you see the shuckling. Of the, of the Jewish men going back and forth praying and the bar mitzvahs in the street. You can feel all of that. Sea of Galilee is amazing. But I'm going to tell you what speaks to me the greatest. It's the southern temple steps. Hear me. The temple is no longer there. I hope I'm not long. I might be a little long with this. Right. The temple is destroyed. You know, they have the temple mount where the mosque is there for the, for the Muslims. But the steps are still there. And somebody said to me, he said, what's so significant about the Southern Temple steps? These would have been the entry steps to the Holy Temple. These are the same steps that Yeshua, Jesus, and his disciples would have walked up. So every time I go to Jerusalem, I just start stepping on the steps, and I'm like, I wonder did he step in. I wonder did he put his foot right here. Because it's the same steps. It's, it's the same steps. This is why you have in the Bible what you call Psalms of Ascension. I was glad when they said unto me, these are Psalms of Ascension. These are songs they sung while they were climbing. And finally getting there, they would walk for so many steps and start singing the Psalms of Ascension. Now, as you see these wonderful made steps here in Carter Memorial, when I walk down these steps, I walk down and up these steps without looking. But you can't do that at the Southern Temple Steps because the Southern Temple Steps are uneven. 
way, the rabbi says, they made the steps uneven. So no one could casually ascend. Every step had to be a careful step. Every step had to be an intentional step. Because God was intentional about how he wanted to be worshipped. And even down to what they wore when the priests would go into the holy place, serving the people, being a proxy, being a liaison between, between God and his people. He would tell them, here, come here, come here, come here. Let me put this breastplate on you. This breastplate had 12 precious stones because there was one stone that represented Asher. Another one that represented Benjamin. Another represented Dan, Ephraim, and Manasseh. Judah, Zebulon, Nestle, or Ithacar. He could have made them rocks but he made them gems because he was communicating to the preachers that my people are precious to me and I'm tired of a generation of social media preachers that are trying to be shepherds and pastors and don't have the fragrance of sheep you want to be a pastor and you ain't never been a griot. You don't hear what I'm saying. You're trying to be a lord over people you ain't never served with. He said, my people are precious. And that's why I don't let any and everybody come and preach to my people. Because these, uh-oh, y'all, I don't care how fancy they are. I don't care how popular they are. And I don't care how much money they raise. I am responsible for who lays hands. Oh, that's why you, come on, Carter, you better thank God you got a pastor that everything don't run through here. He said, let me put this hat on you. This mitre. And it's an inscription on the mitre that says, Holiness unto the Lord. So you see, even to this day, Orthodox Jews still wear kippers upon their head. Some Sabbath-keeping believers, they wear kippers upon their head. Because it's said that a man will never rob a store with a kippa on his head. Because the kippa is forever keeping him reminded that he's under the auspice of an open heaven. At the watchful eye of God. And then in this scripture today, (laughs) he said, make a space priest on the bottom in the skirt of your ephod. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. It tells me about worship in the Old Testament. It's bloody and noisy. (laughs) It's bloody and noisy. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. Why pomegranate? Because the pomegranate is a symbol of the 613 laws, ordinances, and commands. So when the high priest goes into the holy place, or the most holy place, hallelujah, he's declaring that I'm taking the law of God. Yes, 
and the things of the laws are being satisfied in this act. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. And he's moving. I'm taking this sacrifice for all of y'all's sin. And as I'm moving, you can hear the sound of pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates and bales. Pomegranates. Hey, I'm going after your forgiveness. And you can hear the sound of pomegranates and bales. I'm going to get your deliverance. And you can hear the sound of pomegranates. I'm going to get you another victory. And you can hear the movement of God in the most holy place. And as long as you heard the sound of pomegranates and bales, you knew the sacrifice was accepted. But now we're not listening for the sound. When I said don't lose the sound, that means don't get to the place that we've done church and we're so accustomed to doing church that we forgot that there's no sound. I don't care how many people applaud you. It's God approving. There's a story about this professional musician that was on the stage and he was performing. And after he finished performing, everybody began to jump and say, encore, encore. He went off the stage and he was behind the stage. And the stage manager said, you did good. He said, no, I didn't. He said, no, you did good. Don't you hear the noise of the crowd? He said, no, I didn't do good. He said, why you said that? He said, because there's a man sitting on the He said, man, how are you going to let one man sitting determine that you didn't do good? He says, because that one man is my instructor. And some of us are getting intoxicated with the applause of the wrong crowd. My God. It's not important to me that I be everybody's popular preacher. It's important to me... I still have the sound. I still, I, have, I still have the sound. So the Bible, the Bible declares that when the priest moved, there was a sound with this movement. Um, in 2010, an earthquake 7.0 hit Port-au-Prince, Haiti. 7.0. Just almost landed the place. First day, they are pulling people out of the wreckage. Second day, they're pulling people out of the wreckage. Seven days, they begin to say, anybody left, they will be dead by now. But eighth day, ninth day, they got to the tenth day and got ready to bulldoze a building. And all of a sudden, when the man climbed up in the front seat of the bulldozer, somebody said, hold up! I hear sound. They said, what? No, he said, I hear something. I hear something. And they heard somebody singing. It was an 84-year-old woman under the wreckage. Mm. 
and a sound saved her life. I need somebody to open up your mouth right now because there's victory coming to you because of your sound. Oh, come on! Don't lose your sound. Come on, Zion! There's a sanctified sound in your belly. I need to hear it out of this session. Come on, Zion! Come on, I need you to get on your feet and start praying. Lord, I'm asking you to send another wind, God.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.